You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where we always have a way home. I'm your host, Justin M. Lesneski, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said or will say on this show this past year and in perpetuity. I, of course, say this past year because this is our year-end special award show, so we're going to do a lot of reflecting, looking back. Uh, of course, my opening quip was also about Spider-Man No Way Home. I know probably a lot of people are expecting or hoping for my review of the movie. I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, reviewing that because, again, this is the year-end show, so I'd like to focus on the year as a whole. And I don't think the movie warrants being on the year-end special. Now, am I going to say it's a terrible movie? No. Do I think you'll have a good time seeing it? Yes, especially if you have seen all of the Spider-Man movies, you'll have a good time seeing it. And that's about probably the most positive thing I can say about it. I'd say it's the best MCU Spider-Man movie, but the best Spider-Man movie will always be Spider-Man by Sam Raimi. Now let's bring in my co-host so we can get forward with the award show. Joining me this trip from Dale's Lawn, identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yeah, it's uh, exciting. I can't believe we're here again. It feels like only yesterday we were uh, awarding the Peak Farce Award uh, uh, for uh, 2020. So, man, this year has flown by. Yeah, it uh, it's bleeding. It's It's all bleeding into itself, right? Because I think a lot of the awards this year could have just been the same awards from last year. So I think part of the challenge was finding those awards uh or finding different things to talk about this year what what do you think yeah it was it was a struggle because we've seen the continuation uh you know it's always hard to find peak farce uh meaning like the the farce just keeps getting larger and uh we're we're having to use a logarithmic scale to measure uh but after intense uh research and discussion on discord i think we've i think we have some good good uh, nominations and some uh some good selections for our categories this year Definitely. I definitely agree. And we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's reflect a little bit on this past year in Life on the Midside. As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. We accept any and all support, including affirmations. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash Locals. So, William, before we hand out any rewards or anything, I think it's always good at the end of a year or end of any sort of time period, you know, anytime you finish anything up. Uh, to reflect on what happens before. You know, a lot of times we talk about, oh, New Year's resolution, things like that. But I think it's often 
less important for the resolutions and more important to think about and reflect on what did happen. So when we're talking about 2021, I want to know what stands out to you. And and let me preface that by sort of saying what stands out to me. You know, of course, I have to you know mention the fact that 2021 is the year I got married. So when I look at 2021 living in Florida, right, this is sort of the first full year in Florida, right? Because I moved at the beginning of 2020 and getting married. And, you know, hopefully by the time you all are hearing this, we'll have finished this uh, purchase of a, of a home. I think of getting back to living while the rest of the world is still being held back or still living in fear or not moving forward. And that's what 2021 will always be to me. It's sort of like I've made the commitment to my life to keep living, even though the rest of the world isn't. And the choices I've made has uh, have allowed me to do that. Cause I don't think I'd be able to be in this spot and be able to keep living while the rest of the world isn't while if I was still in California. So the fact that I've, I've made it here to Florida and I'm able to have such a good life, right. And have, you know, a wedding without any COVID cases and without any masks is because I made the choices and I've actively been seeking to improve my life. So 2021, probably as opposed to a lot of people, stands as a, as a testament to that life can be lived and life can be good. What about for you, William? Is, is it similar or was 2021 just terrible for you in California? <laughs> well, I, I guess, yeah. I, 2021 has all been about change uh, for me. Um, obviously, I've uh, I changed to uh, where I work. Uh, we're expanding um, a new store. Uh, a lot of my friends, uh, not just you, but others, uh, got married. My sister got married. Um, my cousin got married. A ton of change has happened. Yet at the same time, uh, things kind of remain the same here in in California. Like you said, that we li- we're living a half life uh, here in California. Overall, though, I think it's really positive. A lot of change and a lot of positive change. And obviously, I have to mention, you know, getting uh, Remy at the beginning of the year. He was born in December. He turned one uh, last week. Uh, getting a new dog and just uh, having totally different energy in this house uh, because uh, he's around and uh, constantly uh, improving my life uh, by making things muddy. Yeah, so I think I think change there. I think that that is sort of similar to what I was saying. W- would you say it's it's similar or different? Yeah, I think I, I think there's uh, there's a lot of similarity. Uh, I think I think it's a little different. I think that one of the feelings I get out of 2021 is with the continued sort of being held hostage feeling that we got um, at the beginning of the lockdowns. Uh, you know, my mental model sort of treat, treated this like a, like a deployment, like back when I um, uh, worked for the military. Um, yet it's getting harder and harder to see out uh, here in California without actually just leaving California. And, uh, and so I think that all the other positive changes though, have continued to sustain that hope that, uh, that we're going to see some more positive changes in the culture overall. Yeah. And, and 
it's interesting you you wrap it back to the culture at the end there because two things one i think it's sort of we're seeing that if you're not changing you're staying the same you're stagnating and I think that's what a lot of the policies that we've seen over the last couple of years through the pandemic are trying to do is make things just stay the same. I'm reminded of Atlas Shrugged where it was just sort of if we can just pause everything for yeah, a few days still. for a month to keep moving, just stand still. Everything will be OK. Yeah. But on the inverse, I think that what you said about the culture is 100 percent true. I think we're starting to see the change back in the other direction. I think I'm starting to see the first few cracks of people sort of rejecting wokeness or not taking woke culture seriously anymore. What do you think? I think people are are appropriately laughing at it more often now. Uh, I think they are taking it more seriously in the sense of you have more and more people seeing it as a threat. Um, if there's one thing that you know will change the culture, it's moms being angry at school board meetings. And... Uh, yeah, I just recently read an article as a, as a recent example of someone uh, – uh, It was I posted it to my Twitter um, – of someone talking about San Francisco like it's a failed uh, or aging tech company and like comparing it uh, by uh, metaphor to the fall of Yahoo. And it was just really interesting. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that when your narrative is wrong and it keeps brushing up against reality, it's not like people just flip – on a dime, right? Some people get it, but other people don't. And they'll hold on to it desperately. And so we're seeing some of that desperate clinging to their old narrative, right? And uh and so I don't think we're done with the farce. I don't think we're done with the uh with the uh the damage that will be done. Uh I do think though that the the cracks are forming and we're starting to see that if if anything else, just from the amount of desperation we see from the sort of woke part of the culture and this the the whole sort of NPC narrative uh, being eroded and just really cracking at the seams. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I don't think we'll ever be rid of the farce. It'll just take different uh, different different forms. I just think that this year. We've had such a crest of it that it sort of, it sort of feels like, and it'd be interesting to hear what other people have to think in the Discord. It sort of feels like it, it's it's reaching a height, it's reaching a climax that it can only come down from. So so hopefully, hopefully this this idea of change and getting on with our lives continues, and hopefully it spreads to the rest of the the country and world. Because I think one of the great things about the midside is I think we're always a little bit ahead of the curve, William. And I think we have been. And I hope that the success, you know, the, the personal successes we've both had this year, right? I mean, I think you've had an immense amount of personal success. I think mm. you found yourself in a better job uh, culturally, right? I mean, look at what your job is involved in now for the culture, right? Isn't working? Yeah. Are, are we allowed to say what your new job is? Uh, we'll just keep it to, uh, to the Patreon supporters in the channel, but, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, uh, it's working in the financial sector and bringing financial right. freedom. So it's, uh, it's a right. lot more, uh, sort of lower in the, uh, in the hierarchy, uh, in a good way, right. More towards the base layer of the, uh, of the cultural operating system. Right. And, and then you have, you're opening up a second store. 
So I think that, you know, your personal successes, hopefully they can serve as a model. And, you know, we people will see that we never stopped living. And I, hopefully that spreads to everyone else. Yeah, and I think that's the important the- part. You know, we, we said it at the beginning on the show. I, I said it with, uh, you know, we talked about it, you and I personally, and uh, my, me and my business partner as well. It's like, we're not going to let this stop us, right? This is just another right. thing to deal with. We, we're, we're building a life here and there's, you know, there's things to do. Right. Right. And as we talk about the awards, I think we can talk about how each of these awards we're giving out are affecting what uh, what we just said and affecting how do we go about living our lives. Right. Uh, do you have any sort of sound effect or anything for the awards? No, I didn't bring a sound effect, but I was like, I was thinking, man, should I play the Woker joke intro instead? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just play that. Just oh, play okay. that instead. Love it. We should play that more often. Just yeah, I know. I, just, I, brushed, a, I dusted it off there for that one. <laughs> it's such a good reappropriation of that lyric, right? Because that's Rage Against the Machine, who are yeah. now like... Who are now part the of machine. the machine, like fully. Yeah. It's so funny. Right now, they're the fascists, even though they're the ones saying punch a Nazi. It's, it's great. It, it works, I think, for a lot of the awards. But before we delve into them, I just want to tell people that uh, all the awards were discussed on the Discord channel this year. So if you want to continue the conversation... Uh, during the break, you know, we're coming up on a break here for the show. If you want to continue the conversation during our annual break of about a month, month and a half, you should join the Discord channel. You can do so by going to the midside.com or the midside.com slash podcast. Click on any episode link and in there, there'll be the invite code, the invite link for the Discord channel. Get in there and you can keep talking to us. Uh, I'm probably never going to give my Matrix Resurrections review anywhere <laughs> except the Discord. Uh, I can go into more depth about my Spider-Man No Way Home thoughts if people want to hear that. But you know, And, uh, and I can always uh, stream some games uh, if people want to play or want to join on, on stream uh, inside of Discord. So. Yeah, we could start doing that too. That's probably more your break time i'll have time yeah break time i'll have time maybe play some halo infinite maybe you guys watch me lose in league of legends whatever whatever you guys want to see we're here to you don't want to see me play halo it's just me getting angry because i can't figure out the buttons (laughs) i've never been able to adjust look i love side scrollers but i can't adjust to the two controllers where one controls the direction and one controls (laughs) your point of view where you're looking so you're stuck in like early 90s gaming oh 100 100 percent Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is when games peaked for me. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some awards here. All right, the first award we give out is the Narcissist of the Year. And again, this is something that we were ahead of the curve on, right? Because narcissism is like a huge issue in our culture now. And, you know, the first year we gave out these awards is 2014. And we've been talking about it ever since. You know, we wanted to name the Narcissist of the Year because I think it's important to look at Who's the person who's the most narcissistic and how does that reflect what's going on in the culture? So uh, some examples are uh, the Obamacare architect, Jonathan Gruber, was the first ever winner. Uh, Hillary Clinton won, of course, you know, when she couldn't accept her loss. Right. She acted very narcissistically. And then, of course, we have a three time winner in Donald Trump. We, we even considered renaming uh, the award <laughs> after him. And then last year was Gavin Newsom, right? If you look at the way Gavin Newsom as acted during the pandemic, it's extremely narcissistic, right? He knows better than everyone else. 
And I think that theme continues on into this year, where I hope you have a drop for this. I know you have at least one drop for this. William, do you want to play the drop we have? Uh, yeah, of course. We've got to follow the science. Right, it has to be Dr. Anthony Fauci, because he says on one, you know, one side of his mouth, we have to follow the science. And this is the other drop I hope you have, William. I don't know if you do, though. I don't. I don't have he, the, I don't have the uh, one you're talking about next. What he's known for saying this year, and this is the, the, uh, the quote that got him narcissist of the year, I am science. So for saying I am science, Dr. Fauci is the narcissist of the year, William. Yeah, well, I'd like to congratulate uh, uh, Dr. Fauci on this prestigious award. Um, it's, uh, I mean, look at, I mean, he's in great company with uh, Donald Trump, three-time winner. Um, unfortunately, uh, Justin, there's a chance he could also be a three-time winner because, I mean, his his uh, narcissism, it appears to be unending. Um, and if... If uh, Donald Trump runs again, I have a feeling that uh, Dr. Fauci will be the punching bag that uh, keeps coming up. But even if he doesn't, with the uh, whatever, whatever, what comes after Omicron, uh, I don't know my Greek alphabet, but uh, whatever, whatever variant we are uh, in uh, in the post pandemic uh, world, whichever uh, our 13th booster or whatever will be on by the end of next year. I'm sure Dr. Fauci is still going to be on the news. I mean, he's a narcissist. He's not going to be able to let go of this ever. No, this was the this was the perfect opportunity for him to become as important as he is. I mean, Dr. Drew loves to talk about on the Adam and Drew show how Fauci was sort of one of the leading voices during the AIDS epidemic. But the media wasn't the way it was back then. Right. We didn't have this social media complex where everything gets shared so quickly. So Fauci is more of a public figure than he ever was. And I think when he says, I am science, that's what he's talking about. The idea that he's, he gets to be the voice that's deciding. Although science isn't supposed to be that though. Science is a technique. It's a method for figuring out the world. It's not supposed to be limited to any one person, but that's of course why Donald Trump won all the years he won. Right. Right. Because right. he made things about him rather than the process. And appropriately, if he does run, you would see them going toe to toe. And isn't that sort of expected? I mean, isn't that why two of the years where you know, one was Trump, one was Hillary, one was Trump. And now yeah. the same thing here. Wouldn't we expect narcissists that are this big of a deal to go toe to toe? I mean, is it Gavin Newsom last year is sort of in the same vein. Or wasn't he saying we have to trust the science last year? Yeah, yeah. We have to trust the science has been the mantra. It's it's almost a uh, catechism or, or a prayer, right? Right. Follow the science. Trust the science. I, now I am the science seems a little bit uh, heres, heretic, uh, like a heretic would say that, right? You know, I am God. Right, but that was the, that was the coded language they were using. The coded yeah. language they were using is follow the science. We are the arbitrators of the science. Yeah. And when you're talking religiously, I think that leads into our next award, William. Right. Our next award is the John Rawls Social Justice Warrior Trophy for the advancement of a batshit crazy ideology. Uh, you know, past award winners last year, we had uh, all the uniform virtue signaling on professional sports. Right. We, we still see that this year a little bit on the NFL helmets. I'm reminded of that. Uh, AOC won for two years in a row. 
know, she's worked really hard to make socialism cool again. And then also her idea of the Green New Deal in 2019. Of course, Antifa, we were on to them in 2017 and we, we saw how, you know, big of a deal they were over the past couple of years. Uh, and then remember back in 2016 where people were talking about how great Fidel Castro was, William? Yeah, that was really crazy. I mean, the amount of tears being shed over such an evil man was was surprising. I mean, I I can't wait for uh, I I mean, this sounds twisted to say, but I can't wait for uh, a good old Putin to to die in some sort of crazy horse riding accident and the amount of tears that will be shed then. Yeah. And so this year, this year, you know. This is one of those where, right, the last story or the last story, the last award, Dr. Fauci, that was about the pandemic, right? And a lot of the nominations we had were also about the pandemic with, you know, people being anti anti vaxxer, right? Which is, you know, or inventing the whole category, uh, like expanding the definition of anti vaxxer, right? It kept expanding, expanding. And now, if you don't want, if you, if you believe in my body, my choice, you're now an anti vaxxer. Right. And a lot of people wanted that to be the award winner. But we don't want to give everything to the pandemic. Of course, when we get to peak farce awards, we'll see why, the audience award. We don't want to give everything to the pandemic because there's still more stuff going on. And what's important to remember is what happened. what's happening in the pandemic is exemplary of a set of ideas that are going on in the world that are undercutting all of this, right? We've talked about this year how the way the pandemic is being handled is similar to the way environmentalism is handled, right? It's the idea that you are necessarily bad based upon your makeup and because of that you must sacrifice and you must withdraw from the world well there is a leading pop intellectual who released a follow-up book so this year's winner of the john rawls social justice warrior trophy for the advancement of a batshit crazy ideology is robin d'angelo for nice racism which is her follow-up to white fragility this, of course, saw a resurgence in the ideas that white people are inherently racist, right? White supremacy is inherently a condition of being white. You know, the idea that individualism is necessarily white supremacy. And mm-hmm. nice racism basically took the white fragility concept and talked about how the progressive left is racist by being nice, right? The idea that we need to help people and treat them with kitty gloves is racist or another way to think of it is it's the pop intellectual version of the movie get out absolutely nuts i mean this is part of that larger trend just to put it into context i'm 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 really uh really appreciative of this pick as well because i I mean it was just a last week all the stories about how Harvard is not, or was it Harvard or one of the Ivy League, not accepting, uh, no longer considering ACT or SAT scores, um, basically dooming all uh, all set sense of objectivity. Right? They're just basically going to pick you based on your race and and how you how you craft your born again story. Oh, I'm sorry, your diversity and inclusion statement on your application. Yeah, and that's that's the underlying thing to this whole pandemic as well, right? Is that you necessarily are going to get other people sick. Well, that's the same thing. Everything is necessarily a power struggle. So we have to let the other people who know better, who know better, figure it out and fix it for us. And you want to know something crazy that is a complete mind, it's just a, 
a mind fart on my part. So the name Robin D'Angelo, right? Yeah. That should obviously be a white lady, right? I think so. Right. I didn't realize she was white until I was doing research for this episode. Just in my mind, like the thing she was saying would be a black intellectual. So isn't her book Nice Racism ironically about herself? <laughs> well, uh, we see a, a lot of a lot of the narcissist the, involves a lot of projection. And right. so it's really easy to see when you're on the outside that a lot of this is projection. Right. Well, and that's where I think this is an excellent pick for this. And what the batshit crazy ideology is, it's the idea of you see yourself as a threat to everyone else or you see everyone else as a threat to you. So you project that outwards and you want everybody else to live that way, too. Right. Remember when we talked about on the show uh, interpersonal hostility? Yeah. That I mean, I think that's what the pandemic is in uh, medical form. I think environmentalism is that in sort of scientific cultural form and i think this whole idea of nice racism and white fragility by robin d'angelo is that in you know sociological form what do you think oh uh, yeah i think you're you're 100 percent correct because it's it's taking uh putting people into collectives erasing their individuality and then uh basically arguing that they are a threat to each other for whatever forms and that 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 pattern is repeated over and over and over again. And we, you know, we here at the midside, we cut right through that and um, and just uh, laugh at the farce instead. Right. And I think what you're saying actually leads into our next award and the winner of our next award, which is the Tom Brady Medal for Greatness in the Face of Doubters. This is, of course, named after Tom Brady because much of his early career, in fact, all of his career, right? Even last year when he won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, people doubt him, and he proves them wrong. So, of course, he won the first couple. Uh, and he and then, gets nominated every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gets nominated every year, right? Because he deserves it, right? Although, no, nah, I, won't, I won't talk bad about Tom Brady, but... Uh, notably, a couple other notable winners. We have uh, the anonymous creator of Bitcoin we had on there because obviously, I mean, look at where Bitcoin is now versus, you know, where what people said about it in the beginning. And those doubters still exist. Uh, 2018. And William, it's hard to believe this was in 2018. Brett Kavanaugh for his Supreme Court nomination hearing performance. Wow. If you remember yeah. how everyone was dumping on that guy and talking about how terrible he was. But he gave an amazing performance. And look, now he's on the court and nobody talks about that stuff anymore. And then, of course, last year we gave it to Dr. Drew uh, for his pandemic coverage because he was one of the first people out there who was actually being level headed about everything. And he still is being that way. And he still stands outside the, the, the mainstream. And I lost what else I was going to say about that. So let's just move on to the person we're going to give it to this year. And I think you'll probably have a lot more to say about this person than me. But this year we especially saw, I think, because of the financial implications of the lockdowns. And, you know, now with the inflation stuff happening, we saw a lot of dumping on business in the financial sector and companies and CEOs. And it was a lot of, oh, hey, the haves and have not. These people are successful and still living their lives where other people aren't. And I think this person and what he accomplished this year can't be understated. And it 
ruffled a lot of feathers. Jeff Bezos for going to space. Because remember, William, he's the first private person to go to space. Hasn't everyone else gone via the government? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now they're, you know, they're not quite achieving orbit and things like that. Like, there's still a lot of progress to be made. All that being said, he's putting private people on a rocket and sending them out, uh, out into space, right? And this is this is despite the cultural pushback, right? You have everyone, uh, uh, everyone in the mainstream, all these stories about uh, you know rocket rockets being uh, a rich person's plaything, and it's almost like you know we, we've already had a, a little Atlas Shrug talk before. Uh, it's it's sort of like the you know they're telling stories about how when they when they built the railroad originally, right? And uh, people would out be out celebrating, right? And you had a lot of people out celebrating, you know, people celebrating online, obviously, about the achievement that um, that Bezos had achieved with the with launching and taking actual people out into space. But you had a lot of people trying to tear them down, and um, we we saw it out before our other space uh, entrepreneur um, Musk, Musk basically calling out Elizabeth Warren and saying, you know, her saying like, you know, we got to get. Elon Musk to actually pay taxes, and he was basically like, "Bitch, I will be paying the most taxes any human has ever paid to the U.S. government ever this year." And like, it's it, I'm I'm glad, like you know, I'm glad that uh, that folks are doing achieving these great things despite the fact that there is this tremendous weight of negativity around it in the culture and. I I'm 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 happy. Like I, I'm I'm glad that uh, people are achieving great things, and um, I'm definitely suspect of people who who just see that stuff and want to tear it down and attack them as being as achieving wealth as being evil. Agreed, and I think this award and Jeff Bezos winning this award this year stands to show that things aren't all lost. And the culture isn't completely compromised and and America isn't over and there isn't no hope, right? There is hope. And I think Jeff Bezos winning and achieving everything you just said stands to remind us of that. So that's especially why I think he it was important to award this to him. Now that brings us to our other medal for our other hero, the Zack Snyder Awesomeness Award. Now, what's interesting about the winner this year is this was one that could have been given in the face of doubters, but we really took the word, I took the word greatness seriously, right? Yeah. I didn't want to give this award winner for a specific reason, a greatness award, but what this award winner did is awesome. And I think this award, the Zack Snyder Awesomeness Award, speaks to maybe one action more than it does to an overall uh, sort of, hey, this is a being great thing. So some past winners we have, of course, the inaugural winner was Firestone for fighting Ebola in Africa more effectively than any government did. Man, if we could get some of that energy for the pandemic, I know. We should put, that would be helpful. <laughs> we should put them in charge of the pandemic response. Uh, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, uh, in 2015 for her defense of slave Leia. Uh, she was ahead of her time with yeah. that. 
of course, the New England Patriots for their comeback in Super Bowl 51, because that's an epic all-time great, if not the best Super Bowl ever. Uh, the Hong Kong protesters in 2019. And then last year, one that is, is close to my heart is Christopher Nolan for pushing Tenet into theaters. Right, He was one of the first people who said, no, I want to support what I love, and I want to keep life living. Yeah. You know, and, that and, was, and I think we can draw a direct line to that now, despite all the media ramping up the scare for the pandemic. Uh, Spider-Man just hit records. For the yeah, weekend. that would have never happened. That would have never Nolan. happened without Nolan. Yep. Right. And it would have never happened without the person we're giving the award to this year. Because I remember sitting in the theater. Actually, this, this is funny enough that you said that. When I sat down for Spider-Man today, it was literally the same exact theater I saw Tenet in. Right. Because uh, that was the theater they had opened before. And so much of the Spider-Man showings are sold out that I had to go not into the main theater I usually go into, but a lesser, a, a different one, which I would consider lesser. But yeah, it was the same exact theater. So there's an interesting parallel there. So the Zack Snyder Awesomeness Award this year is to Ron DeSantis for keeping Florida free, right? We, we look at, William, what's going on with you in California right now. California is going back to mask mandates, right? We look and they're around getting the world. quite insistent in LA County about checking your uh, COVID vaccination card. We're, we're, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting ready to do the next phase, which is what, uh, what they do in, you know, Germany where they walk around with a, a three meter stick to make sure people are standing apart. So we're getting closer and closer to that. We're, the othering is increasing in LA County. Now it's not so bad in Long Beach and Orange County and other places, but in LA, and I'm, I assume up in San Francisco, some of our, uh, folks on discord can chime in it's it's getting worse and it's getting more tribal yes and there's none of that in florida there's none of that in florida because of desantis not allowing vaccine passports getting rid of mass mandates and, and that's that's awesome and i you know i didn't want to give a florida right florida i didn't want to give a politician a greatness medal right but politicians can do awesome things and i think ron desantis has been awesome throughout this pandemic all right the romantic manifestation award william i think this is one of our one of our marquee awards here it is one of the most prestigious award we give out i would agree it's the most prestigious award we give out of course that's because it's my opinion on basically what the best piece of art or best movie was over the last year um some examples of past winners we have some of my favorite movies, right? Uh, La La Land won in 2016. Uh, Hannibal, the show, won in 2015. Brian Fuller won for that, and Damien Chazelle won for La La Land. Um, Glass won in 2019. M. Night Shyamalan, right? Last year, Onward won. And I think last year was sort of a weak year. Not that it, Onward isn't a great movie, but there weren't as many movies out last year. Yeah. But this year, William... Before we announce the winner, which for some people is probably obvious, but I thought there were a lot of high quality movies this year. What yeah. did you think? Yeah, there was a lot of great, great stuff that came out this year. Um, but there is a, it is, there is just one clear winner in everyone's mind. So for, for you, before we go into the one clear winner, what were some movies you loved this year that didn't win? Man, uh, Well, 
I'm trying to think. I'm, I got to remember which ones came out in 2021 versus 2020 because I think that's the other problem is because movies were so messed up for a while. Um, so I I wouldn't have put it for romantic manifestation, but I I thought they ended the uh, the Bond arc well. Um, I think that. Uh, well, what other movies? Let's see. What other movies did you uh, enjoy in 2021, Justin? Okay, so I'm going to share a document in the discord so anyone who wants to know i i ranked all of the movies i saw this year oh man so i I have that open right now right uh and i have them in tiers here because it it ended up as i was thinking about it i was like oh these are the tiers these are it so i'm not going to talk about like the the bottom two tiers i'm going to talk about the top three tiers so sort of my third level here uh ron's gone wrong was pretty good army of thieves of course came out i liked army of thieves as well Wrath of Mind, a oh, Wrath of Mind, Wrath of Man was very underrated. Uh, the last, like two thirds of Cry Macho, Clint Eastwood's movie w- was good, uh, and then sort of the second level here, uh, Army of the Dead, uh, Old Spiral. You guys know I write, raved about that movie. That was a tremendous horror movie. King Richard was a very very good movie. That's worth seeing. Uh, Cruella, if nobody's seen it. Cruella, yeah, that's worth seeing. You should go out there. That's one of the best movies. Emma Stone's performance in that is tremendous. And then I'm just going to go through my top movies of the year. So this is my top tier movies of the year. Last Night in Soho is a tremendous movie. Luca, absolutely loved. Ghostbusters Afterlife, you guys know I raved about that a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago. Uh, Encanto, I think that is a major victory by Disney. I reviewed that. Great, great movie. And then the top two movies of the year. Free Guy. Free Guy. William, did you ever see Free Guy? I did, and I loved it. It's definitely my top uh, three movies of the year. Yeah. And then, of course, the winner of the Romantic Manifestation Award. It's been years in the making, and we've been waiting to give this director the Romantic Manifestation Award for a long time. And it's he deserves it. This is his crowning achievement uh, and maybe the crowning achievement of his career when all is said and done. But it's definitely the best comic book movie ever. Zack Snyder for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Congratulations, finally. Uh, joining the stage for this prestigious award. Um, Zack Snyder. So it's this, The movie is... Uh, quite a treat. Uh, I did have one person, though, Justin, you'll appreciate this. One person I suggested it to said... It was I liked the movie, but it was really weird that it was all in black and white. So uh, they had they had clicked on the black and white Justice edition. Justice's gray edition by accident. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so they watched the whole movie in black and white, but they really liked it. And I was like, yeah, you should really watch it in color. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it's really good. So the 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 reason this wins is the way it it shows true heroism. It shows true heroism. Right, the arc of this movie where all of the characters, when you talk about Cyborg and Flash, especially, they parallel Superman's arc over the first two movies. And that continues in the way Superman comes back and supports that and adds to their journey. It is just tremendous. And it stands in such stark contrast to everything that's out there in the culture. And that's what true romanticism is. It's about what it's possible to do, that humanity... The individual is heroic, and the individual can survive in nature. What stood out to you about the movie, William? 
for me, I, I, I think the way that the characters interacted um, because of the extra time that was able to be spent just felt way more um, at once natural and also um, heightened. I think that there was, you know, when we when we watch a lot of uh, a lot of the contrasted with other uh, movies, um, superhero movies, they focus so much on the action that you don't see that those little character moments that bring life to those characters and bring weight to their choices. And I think that just the way the way that is stylized and visualized and was just able to sort of breathe um with uh with the extra cut um was uh really what drove home all you know that's how that's how it all connects back to the theme of of the film and um yeah i think without without that extended time and without that uh the, all those little moments that you're able to have I think you can't have such an impactful story. I agree. And now I'm going to say something controversial. Something I love about this movie, and it makes it okay to me that this is the final movie, is I love the fact that he's in the black suit. Superman is in the black suit throughout the entire movie. And it's because in this movie, he's not concerned without being a, about being a symbol for other people. Now, does that mean it's necessarily bad that in Zack Snyder's arc or in any arc, Superman eventually becomes a symbol and accepts that? No, because there is value to that, and that can be done rationally. It doesn't have to be done in a second-handed way. But I think this movie in particular, because Superman is in the black suit and he's not concerned about representing Krypton or representing the American way, I think this movie is particularly not second-handed and particularly yeah. about the strength of the individual and growing into the best version you can be, right? Take your place among the best of the best. And I, I love that about it. And I love the black suit Superman for that reason. And that's something I never knew anything about. I ne as I said, from the beginning of all of this, I've never been a Superman fan. Yeah. I never was. I've never been a comics guy. I knew he wore the black suit because I remember the arc from the 90s in the comics when he was killed and came back to life. But I didn't know all the symbolism of it. And I don't know if that symbolism was in there or that's something Zack Snyder came up with. But I absolutely love it. And I think it, it stands perfectly as a symbol for his entire arc and something that sort of is a litmus test and something that we can appreciate. Mm -hmm. You can see why people would say they hate it. But I think if you truly understand it, you appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our final award. This is the Peak Farce Audience Award. This is, of course, voted on by the audience. And there were a few topics that the audience was, was tossing around until basically the night before we recorded this episode. So last night, last night, not when you're listening, but last night of for when we're recording. And they finally agreed. And it was, you know, it was a majority, but... There were some other things that received votes. I mean, inflation received votes. Yeah. yeah, strong nominations. Right. But this one, this one goes to the entire combination of mandates. We're talking about masks. We're talking about vaccines. We're talking about boosters. We're talking about lockdowns. And I think this one, William, because I think this is a worldwide peak farce, which I think this is, that's a, 
besides last year with the pandemic coverage, I think everything else has been pretty limited. But I think farce, or especially limited to the United States, but I think farce is becoming so pervasive that we have a winner this year that is globalized. Yeah, we've we've exported farce. We've reached peak export of farce. It's crazy to it think is, about that. It's it's this is like I looked at some of the other examples. You know, we have the safe space training and telling uh, telling people that a professor telling you if you read your kids, you're unfairly disadvantaging other kids. And uh, uh, we've had uh, uh, do you consent to being born? If you guys all remember that from 2019, but this is uh, that this was is, a, that was a great one. And yeah. you, all, you, dude, you didn't say the one that inspired what we say to you. Right when we say, oh, that's you know, right. Straight black men are the white people of black people. That story <laughs> gave me my moniker, and uh, um, and, uh, and also I was received the Pete Crouch Award. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we saw that come back. Uh, you know, with uh, uh, which uh, governor was it in California that he's the bl- uh, black face or the yeah the black face? Of oh, Larry white Elder. Is, yeah, Larry is, Elder was the black is, face. Is the of black white face of white people. Yeah, yeah, of white supremacy. White supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But mandates, uh, that's affected everyone, even uh, even you in Florida. I mean, people can't come. Uh, people are restricted from traveling from other countries into the United States. Um, you know, if, uh, I feel bad for our poor Canadian friends. I don't think I'll, I'm ever going to see any of them again. I think they're, well, they're going to start building a wall. <laughs> I think we have... Uh... Besides the Canadian, uh, forthcoming Canadian wall, I think the thing about the mandates, you know, you said affects us even here in Florida, is I think the mandates aren't just governmental, right? We can look at them as governmental, but remember there was the article recently about like how in the Atlantic about how do we how do we know how to associate with people because we we can't figure out their vaccination status. That's right. Have they gotten two shots? How many times have they been boosted? When do they wear masks? And that's the thing. It's companies are doing it, right? Disney, you have to wear masks inside. Now, I truly believe that that's they don't want to get sued, but they're still mandating it. And then people have individual mandates based on just whatever their their personal policies are. I mean, I had a family member email and ask whether the, the you know, my bride and I were going to be vaccinated, right? As if that means everybody at the wedding is going to be vaccinated if we were vaccinated, Right. It, if we weren't, we'd have to end the wedding, right? Even yeah, though yeah. We're not. Spending, or maybe they were afraid we, that if you were vaccinated, you might give them some of your nanobots that Bill Gates injected <laughs> in you. I don't know. Right. It's hard to say even what side that person was on, right? But the idea that the people who are spending the least amount of time with everyone, right? Because when you're when you're the couple who gets married, you spend like a, five minutes with everybody, right? You're not around anybody to expose them. Uh, and then actually, I had something happen today. Which I thought was funny. So uh, Christine and I went to Disney Springs and we had to get in a virtual queue for a, a dessert place. And we figured, oh, by the time we finish watching the movie, the line will be finished. So she put her number in. And of course, being from California, she has a 626 area code. And the girl asked, she goes, oh, I'm seeing a lot of 626 lately. What, what is that area code? And you know, Christine explained it was California. And I made a comment to her and I go, yeah, they're probably escaping right now because of the, the holiday mass mandates, right? All those mandates are back. This, this girl had to tell me, she's like, well, just so you know, there are mandates, mass mandates here at Disney. 
And I just looked at her and I'm like, yeah, I know. I live down the street. But the fact that just shows how it's it's almost an interpersonal mandate, yeah. right? It's it's almost a moral mandate. I don't even want to say almost it is. It's a for a lot of people, it's a moral mandate. You know, when people ask me, they go, you know, are you vaccinated? I go, that's a personal decision. And they go, do you want to know if I am? I go, no, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. Right. And with masks, people are like, why don't you tell, you know, your students to put their masks on? I don't care. That's up to them. If they want to wear it, they can. I'd, I've never told anyone to uh, accept when working out. I want to be clear about that. You know, if somebody was like, oh, I have asthma and I'm trying to wrestle. I'd be like, well, maybe take your mask off. But that's just a, a breathing issue. But I, I don't tell people, hey, take your mask off. I don't tell people, put your mask on. Right. But a lot of people, William, seem to have that moral mandate with masks, vaccine boosters. Dude, it's it's uh, if I'm on Tinder and there's pictures with uh, clearly post pictures and the dude is wearing a mask. Definitely swiping. No. It just seems so weird. Like I'm taking a posed picture. Right. And that can only be a moral statement. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. you, you, it's want like, to, to me, it's like, like, it's like taking a, a picture in front of a, uh, of a cross or something. Right. It's a hundred percent what it is. Or in front of a church. It's nuts. It's like, okay, I know. Okay. I know a lot about, I, you've said a lot about yourself in one picture. Cool. Yeah. I never even considered the effects on dating apps of all of this. Do people oh, have in their profiles, like, don't swipe right if you're unvaccinated? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah. The mandates have infected the uh, the dating pool. So. Emphasis on dates in that case. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about uh, grinder mandates. Jesus. There you go. I never mandates. even I never even considered these things. That's nuts. That is a that proves that that is a good award given by the audience our audience yeah uh, yeah the audience picked picked a good one this year well done well they picked a good one every year i mean come on yeah. do you consent to being born come on <laughs> <laughs> that's come up jokingly in school before where yeah. kids are like yeah i didn't choose to be born i'm like yeah none of us did but we can choose to enjoy it like uh, uh, i'm here might as well <laughs> i love how that was like a big story as if like that's not a thing every kid basically has. That's the same thing here, right? That's what I love about these peak farce awards the audience gives. Because like this one, the idea of like, oh, I need to be worried about what other people are doing. That's such like a juvenile thought. I feel like yeah. the peak farce award audience award is almost not saying the audience is juvenile, but it's almost like pointing out the most juvenile thing that became a trend in the past year. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of 2021, William. So I have to ask you what we always ask, but we just need to make it a broader. What did you learn this year? I learned there's still one movie I haven't watched that has received a Romantic Manifestation Award. So I'm going to have to fix that before the year ends. What movie is that? Hannibal. I haven't seen Hannibal. So that's an entire series. So good luck with that. Yeah, or series. I haven't seen the series yet. Yeah. Justin, that's what did you learn decision. this year? Uh, so this... It's not trip this year. Oh, this year. Yeah. I, I think about when I talked about a few episodes ago about becoming a coach and how I feel like I finally became a coach. And I think that really is what stands out to me this year. 
you know, I've always loved sports. I've always admired Belichick. Yeah. But I think I'm finally on my way and I finally earned my role as a coach. And I think I'm on my way to becoming some version of him. And I don't mean to say I'll ever be anywhere near as great as him. But I always try, you know, part of the reason I started lifting weights is, you know, look at what Zack Snyder does. And, you know, Tom Brady's an athlete. So I look at what my heroes do and I try to be a little bit like them. Mm-hmm. And I think finally this year, I can be a little bit more like Bill Belichick than I've ever been in my life. And that's a immense source of pride for me in the year 2021. Yeah, I think that I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, my my joke aside, um, the, this year has been uh, so much hard work and investment and transition for me, just working to get things, uh, make new things happen in my life. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, over the break, the the show break corresponds with the work break I have coming up, really taking the time to reflect and enjoy that, enjoy those accomplishments for a bit. Right. Uh, and, 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 uh, take time to, uh, like you said, take pride in the things that I have done and, and the difficulties I've overcome this last year. And I think that that's really what my takeaway is, uh, for what I learned this year is, is that there are tons, you know, we've, we've been through a, a, a tremendous amount of transition and change and, uh, take the time to, to, find those points of pride and celebrate them. What you just said is awesome. And I'm, I'm going to use it to transition here and I'm not even going to plug. I'm just going to say sort of what my catchphrase for coaching and teaching has become. So Belichick has do your job. Well, I have make the decision. You, know, you have to make the decision to transition. You have to make the decision to change. And William, you just talked about how you made the decision to find those points of pride And that's sort of the thought I want to leave everyone with. Let's go forward into 2022 and let's make the decision to live and make our lives better. This concludes your journey into the midside for 2021. I'm Justin Emelzneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Have a 2022. Hopefully the internet can stop being on fire, so I'll have more time to do drops in 2022. Yeah, that would be nice. Stop being on fire and stop talking about Spider-Man, goddammit. it. <laughs>